Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When is it that you first realized that there's a problem? Well, actually, I first realized there was a problem when Mr. Dietrich couldn't pay his first month's rent on time and couldn't even bother to inform me. Uh, apparently, he had a problem with his cell phone that he was gonna be delayed on his rent. In fact, Mr. Dietrich's pattern has been that of lying and crying and blaming other people for his problems throughout this entire process. This is the plaintiff, Fletcher Long. He says he rented his house to the defendant, and now that COVID has hit, he can't get him to leave or even evict him. The strange guy removed the sauna he installed in the house in 2005 and stole his riding lawnmower. He doesn't know what the problem is with the defendant, but he can't just go around stealing and destroying other people's property. He's suing for $6,799 for missing and destroyed belongings. This is the defendant, Brandon Dietrich. He says the sauna wasn't maintained right. It was covered in mold, and when he brought it to the plaintiff's attention, he said just get rid of it, so he did. This guy's acting like a giant baby now. He treated his house like it was his own, and he should be allowed to live out the remainder of his lease in peace. He's accused of staying put. All parties, please your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session and the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is our presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay. Mr. Long, you own a home in Seminole, Florida? What's the name That's of the city? Correct, Seminole it, County, Longwood, actually. Yeah, Longwood. I knew Seminole was the county. I'm from Florida. Um, so you are uh, renting that house out to Mr. Dietrich, correct? And there is actually a written lease involved in this rental. At some point, uh, the idea was that Mr. Dietrich, you would buy the home, correct? Yes. Like a rent-to-buy kind of thing. And what happened yes, with that? Everything was going good at first, and and then he decided he wanted to bring a, what do you call it, the, the realtor, into the house, and I couldn't be there to show it to other people. And then I okay, said, no. Okay, hold on. Back up, back up. How long have you been living there? About six or seven months. Okay. And so the idea was that you were going to get financing and buy the place, right? Yeah, at the end of this year, I was going to get a home loan and buy the house. How are you going to get a home loan at the end of this year if, according to you in the answer of the complaint, you were supposed to show two years of positive income? How is that going to work out? Yes, ma'am. I already have one. Okay. All right. So Mr. Long uh, rents to you under a lease that says that either of you can, uh, within 30 days' notice, quit each other. 
Mr. Long, when is it that you first realized that there's a problem? Well, actually, I first realized there was a problem when Mr. Dietrich couldn't pay his first month's rent on time and couldn't even bother to inform me. Uh, apparently, he'd had a problem with his cell phone that he was going to be delayed on his rent. In fact, Mr. Dietrich's pattern has been that of lying and crying and blaming other people for his problems throughout this entire process. He has managed since then to keep up on his rent, but beyond that, it became a matter of the property values fluctuating, and then, as it's clearly written in the lease, either party has the right to terminate the lease with 30 days notice with or without cause. I would have been happy to let Mr. Dietrich stay there and go ahead and rent the house from the new owners. But due to acts hostile by Mr. Dietrich to my real estate agent, he prevented me from putting my own house on the market and selling it. Thus, in addition to stealing and destroying my property has cost me over $100,000 in lost income, which my wife and I need to purchase a new home. Okay, let me ask you a couple of questions there. How did you notify him that you were exercising the 30-day clause that's in your, in your lease? In, in writing on May 7th, after our discussions and his activities, which obstructed my real estate agent, and then further in writing, as required by the court for an eviction proceeding, uh, he was sent a certified letter which pointed out all of the relevant clauses in the lease, including that he was not to remove or alter the property in any way without my permission, which he seemed perfectly willing to do uh, while I was overseas in Iraq serving my country. He seemed to just think it was perfectly okay to steal, destroy, or otherwise remove my property. After Okay, so first of all, thank you for your service, and second of all, from when to when were you in Iraq? Um, from approximately the time that Mr. Dietrich rented the house, um, which was a lease signed on October 22nd, 2019, until the end of April, beginning of May. When you came back, um, when is it that you decide that you want to exercise a 30-day clause? What May dates 7th, a notice to yeah. him? The notice in writing to him is when? May 7th, 2020, Your Honor. Okay. And what is uh, the problem that your realtor has where he's, I mean, it sounds to me like, you know, you've, uh, you have actually done a bunch of improvements to the place. You treat this place like it's yours because you're hoping it would be yours. So I could see a situation where you don't really want to make yourself particularly accessible to the realtor because you don't want him to sell it out from under you. Would that be fair to say, Mr. Dietrich? I made myself accessible to the realtor. She wanted to bring people into the home and I couldn't be there. And I didn't, I wasn't okay with that. And at that time, that's when he told me I need to leave. If he tells you, you understand that that's the bargain you struck when you signed that lease. He doesn't have to wait for a year. He doesn't have to give you a chance to get your credit together. He doesn't have to sell you the house. Both of you, if you found a house you liked better, you could have done it to him too. Each of you decided that you would sign something that gave each of you a 30 day out. Do you understand that? Yeah, I understand that now. Okay, and he told you, I want you out, I'm exercising the 30-day clause, and you didn't get out. I did not, no. Okay, now let's talk about uh, what ends up happening. Um, he is suing you because according to him, without authorization, there are some alterations to the property. Let's talk first about the sauna. According to him, I, he had installed a sauna and you ripped it out without his consent. Talk to me. That's not true. I had his consent, it had mold, and I have a witness attesting to that 
and then also um yeah he gave me his consent with the, okay with how the did he give you his consent because it's supposed to be in writing yeah he was in iraq at the time and that was something we did within the first week of me staying there because i had trouble breathing and we couldn't figure out what was going How'd on? How'd you communicate my, with him? Because I'm assuming it wasn't verbal if phone. he was in Iraq. It was on the phone. All of our. You didn't email him. You didn't email him, which would have been infinitely no, easier with somebody in Iraq. No, you called when him. How much was a phone call? How much did it cost you? Uh, he did he answer the phone? Me and then we communicated through phone when he was in Iraq. He can attest to that. Okay. He called me many can times. You right. I'm going to need you to answer the following question. Do you have any evidence that he gave his consent? Because watch this. Did you give your consent for him to rip out your sauna, sir? Absolutely not, Your Honor. The first I learned of Right. It so that's why a tenant has to, if they're going to throw out someone else's property, they're supposed to make sure they have proof of what they're saying. But in your lease that you so signed, not only are you supposed to get it in writing, but you're supposed to send before and after pictures, you see? So you said you had a witness to the consent or a witness to the mold? The mold. Okay, go on. In the lease, it states that I can make upgrades and this house hadn't been, it hadn't had Right, what, it, what does the lease say? Read, read what your lease says. Read what your lease says. It says that you, if you make any modifications, you are supposed to send before and after pictures and it has to be with his express consent. The lease doesn't state before and afters. Oh, it so does, so does, honey. P pull your copy of the lease. I'm asking you, Mr. D. I don't, I don't have my lease on me. How do you, how do you not have your lease on you and you look me right in the eye under oath and tell me the lease doesn't say that? I, I read over the lease before. Before court? Yeah, many times. I mean, oh, this good. has been an ongoing so battle you, with him. In preparation for court, you read the lease, but now we're in court. Where is the lease and why isn't it in front of you? You didn't think it'd come up? Well, I knew I was being sued for the sauna, so I didn't think it was a, a lease matter. The lease is exactly what codifies the rights and responsibilities between the two of you. Number 26, the tenant may make improvements to the property as follows. Tenant is allowed to make reasonable improvements to the property for the comfort of himself and or his family, but not remove over owner's property without prior agreement. Tenant shall notify owner of any modifications and shall provide before and after pictures via email, and then he lists his email. So I need to ask you, did you ever send him any notification in writing, and did you ever get permission in writing, and did you ever send the before and after pictures? Yes or no? No. Okay, now let's move on. That's the sauna. Now let's move on to the fence. According to you, the fence was rotted, and that's why you ripped it out, correct? Yes. So we, I, I'm going to assume that my answers to everything is you never have consent in writing, because according to you, you didn't even know it was in your lease. So you don't have consent in writing for the sauna, whatever, the, the mower, or the fence. That's correct, right? You don't have any consent in writing. No. No. All right. Now let's talk about the actual fence. So you have pictures of the fence we're talking about. And what is this? What am I looking at right there? That's dry rotted two by four, four by four. Sorry. Is that part of the fence that you that you took down? That's what that's what was holding the fence up that broke and was laying there. Okay. Okay. And what is this? That shows the status of the fence. Oh, is the one that's leaning on top of the other one the fence? All of that is the fence. It's leaning up against the fence. Okay. that's Still good between the two properties. Uh, yeah, but that's putting some weight on the good fence. All right, so this is the rotted post. 
All right, let's talk about the mower. Many what is, you know, he says that there's a mower. Where's the mower? The mower is across the street. Why isn't it back at the house? He's told you repeatedly he wants it back. Well, I, he knows where it's at and actually talked to the guy across the street, and I never had a problem with it since. I don't know what you're saying. He actually he called the police on you because he's, and he's suing you for the value of the mower because you don't bring it back. What happened when you called the police, Mr. Long? They told me that Mr. Brandon decided to lie to the investigating officer saying that he would bring the mower back immediately that afternoon. Um, and unfortunately, uh, this pattern of behavior, uh, Mr. Dietrich is attempting to lie to the court again today. So that's me. Mr. Dietrich, what's the problem? Were the, did what the police tell about? you bring the mower back? No, they did not. The police said it's a he said, she said, and they couldn't make a police report. They actually spoke I'm to sorry, the that's about the sauna. There's no he said, she said. There's no he said, he said. You say his mower was brought by you to a neighbor. That would mean it's on you to get the mower back from the neighbor because otherwise it's starting to look like maybe you sold it. You understand what I'm saying? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Why would it be on him to go fetch the mower you moved? If you moved it, go get it back. Why haven't you gotten it back? He hasn't asked me since. Since he talked okay, to me. Okay, I'm asking you. I'm giving you a direct order to get that mower back from whoever you loaned it to. You've got five days to get that mower back to his property where it belongs. Now, you are suing Mr. Long for $4,000 for a cedar sauna replacement value. When you come to court, what you get is the value of the thing that, you know, got damaged. This is a, a, a sauna that was put in by you 15 years ago. And the average life of that kind of sauna is about 15, 20 years. I will defer to your honor's discretion on that one. Okay, all right. And now on the fence, you're suing for $1,200 on the fence, but I'm looking at pictures where the post was rotted and the fence is right there. That looks to me like something that you have an obligation to repair. I'm not gonna order him to pay you $1,200. That's gonna be on you to go ahead and because it's, it, you know, it's not even, to me, it's not even close. It looks like it was a damaged fence. And whether you fix it or not, I really don't care, but I'm not gonna order him to pay you $1,200 on it. And on um, the sauna, I want to hear Mr. Dietrich tell me about the condition of the sauna. And then I think you have a witness who you want to testify to me about the condition of the sauna. And that would be relevant to the value of the sauna if I'm ruling against you, which I am. You could see black mold going up the side of the wall. On the panels, the wood panels. It's a wood, it's how, a wooden sign. How many of them were covered in mold? Um, the rear panel. How? Who's coaching you and giving you answers? Who's that person? Put, switch with them. Let me well, hear from your witness. Okay. It's all right. Hi. Hi, Your Honor. Do the honors, please. Absolutely. Let me get you to raise your right hand, please, sir. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. Your Honor. Okay, so let me hear from you. What condition was the sauna in? Uh, the sauna was in dis disrepair. It had mold on the backside of it, what you couldn't see, that was placed up against the wall. 
Um, it had, had mold catch. which you couldn't see or which you could see? You, you could only see it after it was removed. So there was no mold visible when you started tearing it down. What reason did he give you that he wanted to tear it down? Because of the odors and the, and the mold. Okay, switch with your friend. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I ask you, um, apparently there were odors. Tell me about the odors. So within the first week of me staying there, I had trouble breathing. And that's when we were trying to find where the odor was coming from. And that's where we discovered it inside of the sauna. Okay. And that's... And um, here's where the problem lies, though, and uh, Mr. Dietrich, I think it's pretty clear, you know. You don't get to take apart his property without his written consent. He is testifying under oath that he never gave you that consent. So it is incumbent upon you to prove that he gave you the consent. And you cannot prove it because you didn't read the lease carefully enough. You say you did, but you don't even have it in front of you now where it says that. So I'm going to uh, fix a value to that sauna, taking into account the things that I just heard. And I'm going to, and the amount of the age of the sauna and its shelf life. And I am going to award the plaintiff in this case because you did not follow the lease and you cannot prove permission, $1,000 for the sauna that was ripped out. As to the fence, it's zero for the reasons I've already stated. And as to the mower, I am ordering you in the next five days to get that mower back on his property. Okay? The actual eviction of the defendant is something that is being handled in eviction court down there. It's separate, and I wish everybody luck on that issue. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff prevails to the tune of $1,000. Mr. Dietrich, the defendant, let me ask you, what do you think about the judge's verdict? I probably should have got everything in writing in the beginning, but I did a lot of upgrades and nothing was in writing in the beginning and i was told to make the place better and that was one of the things he told me to do and you're being evicted For sure. are you living there now you're still there i'm still here i've never missed rent and i never was late he's trying to evict me but i'm appealing it because i want to stay until my lease is up because that's what we shook hands on before he made a lease agreement all right well we'll see how that works out time will tell mr long how do you feel about the outcome you were suing for almost seven thousand dollars you only got a thousand um how about that well clearly it amounts disappointing um what's more disappointing is this young man young man's propensity to lie to me lie to local law enforcement and lie to judge million and that's that's a sad thing he's a liar and a thief and he needs to be booted out. And you can't get him out? You're trying to get him out, though, right? You think you can? <laughs> you know, Doug, I have only legal means at my disposal, legal civil means. So that's it is what it is. He's a liar, and he'll continue to lie. And I think he's gotten away with that again today. And that's very sad and unfortunate for our community. Well, all right. I hope you work it out, and uh, I hope things work out for you in the end. Anyway, you do get the money back. And that'll wrap it up for this case. Thank you, Mr. Long. Thank you, Mr. Dietrich. And with that, let's uh, have another session of After the Verdict. Here are the judges. Well, there are a few lessons that you can take away from a case like this. Certainly one of them is if you're a tenant in an apartment or a home that you've rented, you don't get to just start remodeling and destroying things like this guy's sauna, Mr. Long's sauna, and just remove it and then hope that you don't get in trouble after the fact. I mean, there are certain jurisdictions where People might have criminal liability right. for this. This could be a right. grand theft or, or some kind of malicious destruction of property or criminal mischief. So, right. um, you know, he, the, the defendant in this case may be lucky that it's just a civil liability to be faced for that aspect of the case, right? 
Right. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 you know, it's just a four-page lease. Right. I know it's onerous to read. Yeah. Read it it's before not, you sign it. It's not like reading a, a Tolstoy novel. No, I mean, it's, it's just read sharp. it. You have certain uh, responsibilities and obligations. And uh -huh. just as, you know, as a, as a matter of course, any tenant who's going to affect someone else's property better get it in writing, even if it's just painting. Right. Get it in writing. Get an email, pass the email, get the email back, sit, print the email out, and save it somewhere. I love this. Uh, Rosemary is a faithful People's Court viewer more than 30 years. So here's what she wants to know. I've lent people money over the years and haven't gotten it back. How can I go about it without offending them by bringing them to court? Rosemary, why should you be offended? They stiffed you. It's like they stole from you if they didn't pay you back. You shouldn't be offended at all. You should make a demand. And if the statute of limitations hasn't run, take their butts to court. That will do it for this case. Litigants are inside the courtroom for the next one. This is the plaintiff, Michael Little. He says the defendant is his fiance's cousin, and he did work renovating her bar and restaurant and hasn't been paid. That's right. The defendant isn't treating him like family. She owes him $5,000 for all the labor and work he did for her, and he has no other choice but to sue her for the money he's definitely owed. This is the defendant, Leela Johnson. She says the plaintiff volunteered to do the renovations and there was never any talk about him being paid for it. The guy was bored and out of work. He told her he liked working with his hands to keep busy. And now that COVID has hit and he can't find work, he's trying to sue her for money she simply doesn't owe him. She's accused of getting something for nothing. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he renovated the defendant's bar and she will not pay him for all the hard work that he did. But the defendant says the plaintiff volunteered to do some of the renovations because he was bored and out of work. It's the case of something or nothing. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Mr. Little, you are suing Ms. Johnson and her bar, the Boilermaker Restaurant and Bar for $1,470 in labor that you say she owes you, plus $3,530 in pain and suffering. Um, first, I'd like to ask you, Ms. Johnson, tell me about the Boilermaker. What kind of place is it? It's a restaurant bar. And where is it? Located in Lima, Ohio. And what, what's the vibe of this restaurant bar? Well, it's partly nightclub. We sell food. Uh, we're usually open till 2.30 at least before the pandemic. Also have entertainment, DJs. It seats approximately 250 people. Okay, wow, all right. And uh, how long have you owned it? It's been in my family for 50 years. My parents opened it in 1970. Wow, that's something. All right, um, now let's talk to you, Mr. Little. At some point in the last several years, you speak with Ms. Johnson, and according to you, what is the deal or arrangement that you folks arrive at? Well, I actually was the bar manager. She asked me to be her bar manager. I've been a local DJ here in Lima for 15 years. So as the bar manager, I incorporated my DJ skills as well as my culinary skills because we do sell food. And I took on the task of managing the bar. But 
before. And the restaurant too? Yes. At times I was the singing DJ, which I ran karaoke. I bartended and I cooked the food all by myself. I mean, it had become a a nice deal. It, It increased the volume of business that she was getting. The Boilermaker haven't gotten steady business in years. So by us incorporating her bar and my skills, we were able to generate more funds. And But I told her that she wasn't using the full bar. She was only using one part of the bar. There's actually three parts to the bar. But the other two parts she was not using because the floor had caved in in one side as well as the back. And the back had also had um, a leaking roof and paneling that needed to be put up so it can be completed. I told her that if she bought the materials, that I would do the work with my own hands and as the bar picked up and made money, then she can consider paying me for the work that I had done. So while I was doing the work, before I even completed the first project, which was the second project because I had renovated the female bathroom first, but while I was renovating the flooring in what is called the sunset room, she came to me one day and she told me that she had the idea that she would turn over the liquor license to me because she was tired of being in the business and by December she was planning on retiring. And she said at that point she would turn it over to me under a manager's agreement. And I never asked for What's that. a manager's that agreement? Was, what is a manager's agreement? The manager's agreement where I would take over and I would actually run the bar. It would still be, she would still own the bar, but I would run the bar and take so um responsibility of the bar under the manager's agreement and maybe down the line she would turn the bar over to me totally and completely was any of this in writing started well she had put together a contract and we had discussed it but i told her that i didn't find that contract to be sufficient because in the very first two lines it said this is not to be used against me in court so i told her that we would have to renegotiate (laughs) that contract, because due to those lines, why would you sign anything that can't be used against you in court? So we continue- Can I ask you a question? So wait, 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 wait. So if this is the arrangement that you're arriving at and you're gonna put all this blood, sweat, and tears into it, did you renegotiate the contract or did you just work without a contract? Yes, we we, we negotiated, we talked as it went on. I mean- No, I'm not talking about verbal. Listen to what I'm asking. I'm asking you, you didn't wanna sign what she presented in writing. So did you come up with something else in writing? Yes, we discussed it, but we never actually got to the point in which we. So were the, able that's to not yes. Then that answers no. No, nothing else was in writing. That's the answer. All right. So, mm-hmm. um, but you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into it because you think one day you may end up owning it, and you're managing the yes. place now. Are you getting paid? Are you getting paid a salary? I know it's under the table. Are you getting paid a salary under the table? Yes, it was a percentage. It's, so it's well, just between us. It's just between us, right? <laughs> So you were getting paid for your services, but you feel that you are owed more because you are upset now that this manager's agreement, which was kind of just a handshake between you two, according to you, isn't being honored. What ends up happening and how long are you there and managing things until you feel that she was pushing you out? How many months were you, you know, putting your blood, sweat and tears into this place before she, according to you, pushed you out? A whole year. She didn't push me out until the COVID pandemic came into play. Okay. All right. So let me talk to you, Ms. Johnson. 
Um, did you have some kind of agreement with him, verbal agreement, that you may pass the business on to him at some point in order to entice him to spend a heck of a lot more time there doing things for you than he should have? No, that conversation didn't take place until that work was completely done. And it was a year prior to that that he came to me and asked me to teach him how to run a bar. He asked me. Then I told him. When things started to slow down, because I told him, I said, I really don't have anything for you to do now. But when things started to slow down, I told him, do you still want to learn how to run a bar? And he said, yes. We never had any conversation about that work that he did until the pandemic came on and he wasn't able to get any money. And then that's when he started saying, you got everything. I don't have anything. So we never had a conversation okay. like what he's telling you that we had. And yes, I did write I, something up, but when it wasn't that a Can I ask you a question? When did that renovation take place that he's talking about? In essence, he's suing about that renovation and paying himself. When he first came, when he first came. Which is when? Approximately a year ago, March. He did do a lot of renovation, right? It wasn't a well, lot. Well, what was it? Now listen, here's what, what he was, said. No, you me. listen, what was it? I'm sorry, stop. What was it that he did? The floor wasn't caving in, but there was some loose boards and he took them up and put more down. Okay. He repaired the so-called women's restroom, which there's a big lump on the floor, which I had a customer that went in there and fell and hit her head because the floor wasn't level. And there's water leaking underneath. He painted the room. He did work. I'm not going to say he didn't do it, but I never forced him right. out and he's lying about that. Okay, hold on one second and let's talk about something. According to you, the floor's not level and there's a big bubble and a customer hit her head and there's water leaking, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any evidence of that? Do you have any pictures or anything to show me? I sent a picture of the toilet. I don't know if it shows where there's a bucket at the back of the toilet. There's the bucket in the back. See around the toilet? That says floor it's cleaner. All coming up. Okay, that's, that's, let me ask you a question, Mr. Little. You're suing for $1,470 for renovations that you did. She's saying they weren't that good. I'm not sure these pictures prove that, but what I'd like to know from you is, do you have any evidence to suggest that she agreed at any point to pay you this $1,470? I know you don't have a written contract, but do you have a text or an email or anything else? Uh, any witnesses to the transaction where she agreed, I'll pay you $1,470? Yes, I sent text messages to, um, I could- Yeah, I, I read them. Phone. I read text messages between the two of you for two years. I don't see something that says specifically that you owe me $1,470. I do see text messages where you are, you're all over the bar. I mean, you are really hands-on taking care of things where you feel very hurt because you feel like she pushed you out. I also see, frankly, Ms. Johnson, texts where he says, can you pay me some of the money that you owe me? Are you able, this is, these are your words in text. Are you able, this is March, once COVID hit. Take a look at this text. Are you able to set me straight with any of the money you owe me? Answer, no, but you will get it. You are standing here in your defense and saying, I don't know him anything, he did it all of his own free will. Why on earth then, on March 23rd, would you answer in a text, no, but you will get it? Because that's in two, that's a whole year later. 
when he started asking me for yeah. money. Do you owe him money, yes or no? I don't think I do. I was just giving it to him because he explained to me well, that he didn't have any money. I don't know about that, because his text to you is not, can I have a handout? His text to you is, are you able to set me straight with any of the money you owe me? And your answer isn't, I don't owe you any money. What are you talking about? Your answer is, no, but you will get it. So I want to know, what like did you then agree? Okay, what did you agree to pay him? I agreed to pay him the $14.75 when I got it. Okay. Now, can Tell I me that, Ms. Johnson, yes, I want to know what went wrong in this... Um, you had talked to him about training him in the business and everything else. Was it ever really your intention to either pass along the business to him or just make him a good bar manager? And what do you think uh, went wrong with that relationship? My intentions was to turn the business over to him, but it wasn't happening fast enough for him. And he was going in my building when he wasn't supposed to be in there, calling me on Sundays when I'm not open on Sunday and he's in there and can't get in the cash register. He was running totals, trying to find out how much money I made, all kinds of stuff. And I just told him it wasn't none of his business. But in the beginning of that transaction, if you'll let me explain, I told him then that I did not want him to do the work that I had a person, a maintenance man that did my work. He said, why pay him when I can do it? And I said, well, you know, I don't really have it. He goes, well, if you don't have the money, I'll go buy the materials and do it myself. If you don't let me do it, I'm going to do it anyway. So he more or less twisted my arm. You're going to twist my arm and then now tell me I owe you? I'm telling you what happened. And there was... I, you know, I the thing is, this. I don't think you guys disagree that much. I don't think that he's saying you owed me that money back then. I think he's saying, I let it go because I didn't, I really, we were building this thing together and I feel like we were building a thing together. The problem that we have, Mr. Little, is that, you know, in Ms. Johnson's head, I don't think she was using you either. I think in Ms. Johnson's head, this may happen at some, would have happened at some point, but she wasn't ready to hand you the business and let you go in the till and let you, you know, figure out what she makes and whether she's paying you enough and everything else. In her mind, this was steps down the road and in your mind, um, it wasn't, you know, like, where is it, you know? But the problem that you have is, and, and you're not, you have to understand too, Ms. Johnson, Mr. Little re recognizes a problem that he has. He doesn't have a contract in writing with you. He can't prove it wasn't happening fast enough. He's not suing you for any of that. There's nothing about his hanging around there all the darn time and his giving you his blood, sweat, and tears. He's not suing you for a stitch of that. What he's suing you for is the 1470, which you're telling me you had agreed eventually a year later to pay him, um, and all this money and pain and suffering. What is the pain and suffering? My pain and suffering is the fact that I was hurt because she knew I didn't have income. Now, she was still open doing carryouts. She could have let me work doing a carryout. She chose to just let me be without an income. Can I say something and comment to what he just said? Yes, go ahead. He's lying. Yes. I called him. Okay. I called him. I said, give me a week to see if the orders are going to start coming in because this is all new. I don't know how it's going to work. I said, I'll call you back in a week if I start getting orders and then you can come and cook and I'll do the deliveries. I called him back or texted him back, whichever way it went, I can't remember. And he said, oh no, 
you're going to have to pay me top dollar before I come down and do anything for you. And I said, okay. I called that a quit. And that's the reason why I did It is that. such a shame. I told him, I said, because I, yeah, Ms. Johnson and Mr. Little, it is such a shame that you two don't get along anymore. Um, I know that you, your girlfriend is family. Do you guys see each other at functions or no? You don't even see each other anymore. No. What a shame. But here's the thing, Mr. Little. You're suing for thirty-five, thirty in pain and suffering to get you to the $5,000 max. And I don't think you've described pain and suffering. I think you had a business, a kind of a, a, a loose verbal business understanding with someone. Um, and this is why loose verbal business understandings don't really work. Things should be in writing so that everybody, everybody understands their rights and obligations. Um, so that we don't get into a situation where she thinks you're stepping all over her owner's toes and you feel that you're getting um, short shrift of the deal. So, but I am going to, or that's not pain and suffering. So but I am going to order for uh, judgment in your favor in the amount of the 1470 which eventually Ms. Johnson agreed she agreed to pay you. So my judgment is in your favor in the amount of the $1,470 verdict for the plaintiff, and I wish you all good luck. Thank you. So the plaintiff prevails on his suit for $1,470. Ms. Johnson, number one, what do you think about the, the judge's verdict? You, you're going to have to pay him after all. What do you think about that? I'm not happy about it, but it's no big deal. The thing about it is, if he'd have waited, I would have gave it to him anyway. Sounds to me like like he was a pretty good employee. He was doing a lot of stuff for you, running the bar, cooking food. He was a DJ. You don't find many people do all those things all wrapped into one, you know? He wasn't cooking. He was warming things up that I already prepared. I did all the prepping. All right. Well, I guess you're, you're, not, you're not missing him too much right now. Anyway, Mr. Little, let me ask you. Did you think hard about suing her? Did you think if you sued her, you may never get your job back? Which probably is truth. What um, it was a no-brainer. I mean, the job was down the drain. It is what it is. All right. Well, I hope you find another job somewhere and that things get better. Okay? Good luck to you. Thank you. And with that, let us join the judges now in another session of After the Verdict. In this case, you had a lawsuit uh, over really about $1,500, $1,470, but the plaintiff had thrown kind of a kitchen sink complaint in there, asking for pain and suffering to round it out to a really big number. Everything on oral contract, effectively, on the plaintiff's claim, uh, that's the kind of thing that keeps small claims court judges in business. Exactly. Oral, oral contracts. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> so that there can be a contest about what the actual facts are. But... Um, you know, in the end, it all just boiled down to the repair because he knows he can't right. enforce anything else. Everything else was his hopes and his dreams. Right. I think he was really hurt because I think he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the place um, with the idea that one day it would pay off. Right. And I got to say, the Boilermaker sounds like my kind of place. Yes, it does. Just the kinda, name alone. I like it. It's <laughs> gritty. When I was a kid, a Boilermaker was a shot and a beer. And you could get it for under two bucks in, in my, part of the, my part of the world. A so. buffalo. Exactly. So. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's kind of, I hope that when all is said and done and this pandemic is over, that those kind of bars can come back into into life. Oh, from because, your lips to God's ears. Because there are so many people hurting who are running them. Right. And there are so many people hurting who miss them. 
right. and would like to get back to them. Amen. <laughs> so if you're in that part of Ohio, please go to the Boilermaker, <laughs> all right, and have some food and have a few drinks. My landlord won't fix my air conditioning, and it's a heat wave. I bought a new air conditioner. Can I deduct the cost from the rent? Great question. Uh, you are entitled to live in a place that has the utilities that you paid for. If the landlord didn't fix the air conditioning with a reasonable amount of time, there are some states where you can either fix it or buy another air conditioner and deduct the rent. <laughs>